This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. me inside what the considerations and what the window um, might be for Jack Smith. Yeah, well, anytime you've got a high profile case, even, you know, not involving anywhere nearly as significant, any person nearly as sort of significant in the public's mind as a former president, there's always security concerns because there could be crowds uh, coming to the courthouse. And of course, the D.C. courthouse has seen many high profile cases over the years and and has been the situs of almost every one of the January 6th prosecutions. So part of it is just to make sure that you've got proper security, not, you know, not necessarily always planning for violence, but just crowd control, just plain old crowd control, because there will be a lot of people, particularly with a case like this, there'll be media who are trying to get their own access as well as members of the public. But I think you layer on top of that, the type of rhetoric, you know, suggestions of violence and protest and and worse things that we've talked about on your show even earlier this week, uh, where we have people like Peter Navarro out there and others that are really trying to agitate people, trying to work them up to to maybe engage in some sort of violent protest. Now, we know that statements like that were made before uh, District Attorney Elvin Bragg brought his case in Manhattan and the turnout was, you know, meh. <laughs> um, right. We know that in in uh, Florida, similarly, there were kind of calls for protest, protest, protest. And, and again, there were a lot of people out there, but it was not violent at all. It was entirely peaceful. I do think a lot of people, even Donald Trump supporters, even those who may think that this is, you know, not a warranted prosecution, are very... Um, uh, concerned about what they've seen happen post January 6th. They're concerned about not doing something that could, you know, cause them to incur criminal uh, liability in order to sort of please Donald Trump because they've seen what happened. More than a thousand people who followed Donald Trump's wishes on January 6th are now uh, facing or have faced or have been convicted already of criminal charges. So notwithstanding that, I think that a lot of people um, are probably deterred from engaging in violence. As law enforcement, you have to prepare for the worst and be happily surprised at the best. In terms of Bonnie Willis, uh, we've seen that today there's security barricades, it looks like, yeah. going up around the courthouse there. And so, um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if at this point when the timing is getting the way it is, if there isn't some coordination, uh, if nothing else, between courthouses about what are you doing, what are you expecting, and let's make sure we're in communication with each other. Here we are back in Washington. I just wanted to report that yesterday I co-sponsored legislation with Matt Gates to stop the weaponization of our government by defunding Jack Smith, special counsel, who's trying to pursue yet another witch hunt against President Trump. The uh, Department of Injustice is out of control. 
Uh, they're demonstrating the weaponization of our government against citizens, against the president, and quite frankly, equal justice under the law cannot be a slogan. It's got to be reality. And so that's why we're going to go ahead and defund this special counsel. Uh, it's Thursday, 27 July, Year of the Lord, 2023. We want to start with Congressman Matt Rosendale. Congressman, give us the latest state of play from what you're hearing and then what um, you and Gates and others are working on. Um, uh, Congressman Burleson's got an interesting thing about all the conflicts of interest of um, of Jack Smith. Uh, is this a rear guard action, uh, too little, too late, or is, are we on top of things? Well, uh, it's... It's late, uh, but it's not too late in the game, Steve. Uh, right now, actually, it sort of comes together at a good time because we are going through the appropriations process. We are developing all the appropriations bills, and it is a perfect time for us to be able to go in and, and remove this funding from the Department of Injustice, as they have commonly be, uh, become known as around Washington, D.C., uh, we've got a major problem with Jack Smith. He is pursuing yet another investigation of President Trump that is completely unwarranted. You know, it, it absolutely amazes me. Here we've got the, the only person. I mean, I just listened to the uh, the clips that you had, uh, these people talking about security and making sure that we have additional security around courthouses and things like that. President Trump is the only person who tried to bring in additional uh, National Guard troops around the Capitol because he knew there was going to be extra people, not that anybody was going to get out of hand, but as the speaker said, you bring additional people to manage the crowds. The only thing we've seen come out of the Department of Justice is is additional uh, surveillance of, of people that want to utilize their rights of free speech. Meanwhile, after President Trump offered up that additional security, we all know now that Nancy Pelosi denied it. Uh, we know that Mayor Bowser denied it. They, they re, uh, turned it away. He's the only one who was trying to make sure that we had order and civility around the Capitol on that day. And, and now they're going to investigate him. It, it's just it's bizarre. Uh, meanwhile, we look back at the I thought it was very interesting. We look back at the Dobbs v. Jackson case. OK, when the Supreme Court uh, was getting ready to roll out that decision and was any kind of additional security provided around the justices' homes or around when they went to work? Not at all. And we saw not only people that were violent protesters, we actually had uh, an assassin that was picked up that was threatening to kill one of the justices. This is, this is terrible. It's another unwarranted investigation of the president. And, and so this is a tool that we can use to restore uh, justice to America. The Daily Mail has an absolute brutal story. And remember, that's not a MAGA newspaper at all, the biggest newspaper really in the world. Uh, they have a brutal story as their lead about how Hunter Biden's, believe it or not, their, their attorney actually tried to slide into the documents Given him blanket immunity, he would never be investigated, never be questioned for anything else when that blew up yesterday. But we know the DOJ tried to slip in something that was unconstitutional. This was a progressive liberal judge that had to call it out. What, what's your assessment of uh, DOJ's performance in this Hunter Biden investigation? 
Oh, it's been terrible. And again, now this is where we see the two-tiered system on full display, Steve. And and that is why the American people are, are very upset. And, and while Congress investigates and exposes and provides oversight, we don't get to charge and prosecute. Uh, we do respect the, the different branches of government, and that is up to uh, the Department of Justice to charge and to prosecute. But if they're not going to, or if they're going to utilize different methods for some people than they are for others, then the only way to uh, change that is to change the leadership and to do it through uh, the financing of the agency. And, and that's where Congress does have, as we always hear, the power of the purse string. Still has to go over to the United States Senate to make sure that they will implement the the ideas and the concepts the policies and the budgets that we send over but but we can uh, utilize the power of the purse string to get rid of uh, the bad actors and, and I really think that that is what we need to do there's there's just too many of them that are, are not acting um, in the best interest of this country and certainly not honoring uh, their oath of office um, where's the conference? Where, where's the conference's head on, you know, we had Newt Gingrich come out and he's saying, hey, just, just focus on Biden. There's enough there at the beginning of the inquiry. We had Cash Patel in studio this morning. He says, no, no, you want to go after Ray and Garland because it's in DOJ and FBI. You're going to get all the rot and all the investigations and you'll get something easily done. You guys had a conference meeting today. You, you wrap up uh, work tonight and people will probably be taking off tomorrow and not to come back till September. So where, where is the conference stand right now on these impeachment inquiries? Look, we had a conversation last night. I've been meeting with uh, uh, several of the senators uh, to find out where they are. Many of us, um, there's about a half a dozen of us House members and some several of the senators. We are trying to meet on a weekly basis, and we had this discussion. And what we're trying to do is, is count votes and to figure out, do we have enough votes to begin these impeachment inquiries on uh, people like Christopher Ray, like uh, Secretary Mayorkas, because they are causing great damage, not only to the to our country because of the actions that they're taking, but they're causing great uh, harm to our country too because of the loss of confidence in the institutions that people are beginning to to have uh, because they witness uh, these terrible things that are going on. Uh, that's what bothers me as much as anything. I mean, when I look at the southern border, we know that we're talking about nearly six million people that have come into the country illegally that have had encounters with law enforcement. We've got another million and a half that have not had encounters. That's the getaways that we always hear about. But we, we have no idea how those people are. And then when we see the 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 documents that have been falsified, the FISA court system that has been so abused, and the FBI conducting surveillance on American people wrongfully, and then and then bringing charges against people wrongfully, it's disturbing. Let's go to um, spending. You were one of the magnificent six. You were one of the hardest core of all the holdouts. You've been at the uh, tip of the spear here about the appropriations process. You guys did get, uh, I think, uh, veterans and military construction passed, but that's it. And right. this was looked at as a big victory for the hardcore MAGA. Walk us through what's going to go on, because aren't we, haven't we run out of time here? 
So here's where we're going to be. Uh, now we have 11 more of the, of these appropriation bills that need to get approved. And, uh, you know, what did Reagan say? Uh, trust but verify. That's what we're going to do. We made an agreement that we wanted to have a freeze in the amount of spending that was going to take place. And, and uh, leadership had gone along with us. And quite frankly, the conference went along with us, Steve, back when we uh, passed when we actually passed the first debt ceiling package with Republicans, with 218 Republicans, that we were going to freeze the non-defense discretionary spending at the 20, basically what is the 2019 levels, which is $1.471 trillion. And so we have 11 more appropriation bills. We have targets, target values on each one of those bills. And, and if uh, leadership tries to bring a bill forward, from appropriations out to the floor that doesn't meet one of those targets for those bills, then basically we're going to have to hold the system up, hold the process up until we can see that that bill or bring another one on that shows it's going to be reduced more in order to compensate for that so that we know we're going to hit that target of the $1.471 trillion on non-defense discretionary spending. And we are going to be, I know that I'm going to be very, very uh, stubborn, if you will, about about holding that that uh, that level of, of spending. Do you think Kevin McCarthy and leadership have the uh, have the guts right now? Because September 30th this is going to be on us as soon as you guys get back to they hold are, the line and, and and for and are they going to force Biden to shut down the government or that we're going to get a continuing resolution, which is you know the road to perdition. It is the road to perdition, and, and that one I can't quite answer yet. Here's what I will tell you. To sum it up for the American people, though, here, here's the problem we're facing. Uh, President Biden wants to spend $6.9 trillion okay, over the next year. Just take all the zeros off of it, 6.9. The, the more uh, moderate Republicans within the conference want to spend uh, $6.8 trillion, so about $100 billion less. And all we are trying to do— the conservatives within the the conference are trying to get down to 6.7. My gosh, we're only going to bring in, Steve, $5 trillion worth of revenue if everything goes really, really good. And, and, and you're telling me we can't find $100 billion of reductions in spending uh, over above what they've already tried to do out of, out of $6.8 trillion? I... It, it, it's ridiculous. We proposed, myself, Andy Biggs, we got together. We proposed that much reductions in spending uh, the, 90 days ago. No, it's absolutely – you guys have been fighting the good fight. What's your social media? How do people follow you, particularly over the next uh, couple of weeks during break when I know a lot of activity is going to be going on? Yeah, give us messages, folks. At Rep Rosendale, follow me. At Rep Rosendale. You can follow all my platforms uh, at Rep Rosendale. We're going to be around the state for the next four weeks. We're going to be visiting a lot of my constituents, and we're going to be doing the good work for the people. Congressman, thank you very much for joining us. You're a fighter, so fight on. Seb Gorka next in the war room. We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take down the CCP. Well, Congress once again allowed itself to be pushed into appeasing the administration and raising the debt ceiling for the 79th time, paving the way for continued reckless spending and further devaluation of the U.S. dollar. As our national debt continues to skyrocket, how are you protecting your savings? 
Times like these are a great reminder to diversify a portion of your savings into gold. And you can do that with the help of Birch Gold. Here's the easiest way to do it. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. And you don't pay a penny out of pocket. As BRICS, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa band together against the dollar, more and more central banks are diversifying. You know what they're buying. Gold. Follow their lead. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 for your free info kit on gold. There's no obligation, just information. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers, Birch Gold can help protect your savings, too. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898. Do it today. Follow the central banks of the BRICS. Take action, 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 and take that action today. I mean, has it happened yet, Jamie? But what are you hearing from people? I know you're talking to a lot of people about what that looks like if and when there is one. So so let's first say if, because we, we don't know yet, but the target letter certainly takes us there. So I've spoken to a number of former Justice Department sources who have been following the case very closely. And, and this is their... I think, educated look at what to expect. And they said, first of all, expect the indictment if it comes to be, as one said, the mother of all speaking indictments. They expect it to be extensive, great detail. They want to see who else is going to be named in this indictment. Are we going to have unindicted co-conspirators? Can we tell whether people have been cooperating who were in Trump's inner circle? How does Mark Meadows fit into this case, Mm. his former White House chief of staff, who was in the room and there for uh, for so much of it? And then the last thing they've said, and, and they've been saying this repeatedly since the target letter, they expect this case to be not just very strong, but to be what they say is beyond a reasonable doubt plus. Why? Because it's the former president of the United States. Okay, welcome back. Dr. Seb Gorka, your thoughts, analysis, and observations, sir. (laughs) Uh, I just wrote a piece on American injustice for the great people at AMAC on all of this, my reaction to what happened in Wilmington yesterday. Uh, The idea that the most politically persecuted man uh, in American history is now, oh my gosh, you guys are good. You guys are good. Uh, The most politically persecuted man in history is now expecting another indictment. Uh, His attorneys were were with the DOJ today, so it could drop today, could drop tomorrow morning. Um, and, And Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden's lawyers are acting in conjunction with the DOJ, like they're one big defense team. His lawyers ring up the court, impersonating a congressional staffer to try and get an 800-page amicus brief uh, sealed from the docket so nobody knows what Hunter actually did. And then a plea deal, which gives him universal immunity from prosecution against any other charge. 
Steve, um, we have our work cut out. We, we, you know, somebody, a wise person said on my show, stop using the phrase two-tier justice system because once you've got more than one tier, there is no justice system. Uh, I never thought I'd say this as the child of those who literally escaped a communist dictatorship. My father liberated from a communist political prison. We have a political police force in America. It's run by the DOJ. It's called the FBI. And now the IRS. And sadly, Steve, you, you remember what it was like in the White House. I loved the Secret Service guys, especially the uniformed officers. Captain Mark on the front desk, we salute you. But the fact that the, the Secret Service, not only, we know whose bag of coke it is. They, they shut down the investigation. They say they can't find it in the most secure building in the world. Not only that, if you read it, I've got it here. The details of the plea deal with Hunter Biden, the Secret Service goes and cleans up the mess, goes to the FFL, the federally uh, licensed firearm dealer, to try and get the forms for Hunter Biden's illegal handgun purchase. Steve, what is the Secret Service doing cleaning up the felonies of the president's son? Here's what I get. The Daily Mail, as you know, not a MAGA paper, but they put up tons of great stories. (laughs) The lead story, the lead story, Seb, exclusive. And the headline is not so fast, boys. Hunter Biden's full plea deal transcript and how this sneaky lawyers tried to hide clause, giving him blanket immunity in a crazy, unprecedented tactic until the female pro- progressive judge smelled a rat and called out. DOJ had to know about that. And they also had to know and they had to agree to this unconstitutional insertion of the judge to be the referee because they feared President Trump come back. Have you ever seen anything in your life like the fiasco that was in Delaware yesterday, sir? Never, never. I, I had Jesse Benal on uh, previously today on my show. I had uh, Joe DeGeneva uh, on Newsmax yesterday. I mean, you, you got to read the transcripts of what happened in the courtroom, how they actually said, well, I guess we should just rip up the plea deal. Yeah, you should rip it up. And the judge, who, by the way, let's be clear here, I, I'm not asserting at all that she's any kind of MAGA loyalist, but this is a lifetime appointment. And once you're a federal judge, uh, you don't have have to be a political, but if they try and screw with you, whoever they are, they may bring down the hammers of hell on you simply because you're screwing with a federal judge. She actually used the phrase, Steve, what do you expect me to do? Rubber stamp this deal? It got super spicy. And let, let's be, be clear. This is the, this is the, you, I love, you know, you taught me the phrase buried lead when I was your, your editor at, at, at Breitbart. Here we have the original plea deal. It's in my hands. It was sent to me late last night. This is Hunter deal, uh, Hunter Biden's original plea deal. And it's interesting because the reports by Daily Mail and others were that Hunter Biden was going to walk into the court in Wilmington and plead not guilty, which is really interesting because line one, the defendant waives any challenge to the information based on venue and agrees to plead guilty. And just in case you missed that, line one, here's line four. The defendant is pleading guilty to counts one and two because he is, in fact, guilty. So uh, uh, um, I thought I thought he was innocent. I thought Joe Biden told us that his son has never done anything wrong. Uh, I don't want to get lost in the weeds. This stuff is fun to report and break news on. But, you know, Natalie Winters 
said this to me, and she's absolutely right, your co-host. We shouldn't be talking about any of this. $1.2 million of unpaid taxes, uh, a felony gun purchase. The real issue is China, China, China. If you read the plea deal, it lists all the monies accrued to this man by the Chinese clients. I'll read one of them just to get the conspiracy theorists really excited. One of the Chinese payments to Hunter Biden was for the sum, you'll you'll love this, of $666,666. Symbolism, anyone? Let me just read that again. Um, One of the companies... Nothing symbolic there. Oh, my God, hold it. Seven's going to get them rolling now, baby. Only in the war room. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hey, come on. You're a good macro-snapping Catholic like me. Now you got to do it. You got to do it. I, mean, look, 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 I, look, I don't want people to think I'm making this up. This is the court document. This is the plea deal. And they list the monies made. Look, I'm just going to give you a couple of them. $664,000 from a Chinese infrastructure investment company because Hunt is such an expert on Chinese infrastructure. Uh, then he's got a um, Ukrainian energy company sends him uh, half, half a million dollars, $70,000 from a Romanian business. And then from the CEO of a Chinese business conglomerate, doesn't that sound oh so Western? All those Chinese business conglomerates for six hundred and sixty-six thousand six hundred and sixty-six dollars. Guys, do the homework. Read the documents. The amicus brief from Heritage, eight hundred eight hundred page amicus brief. My engineer is printing it now because this is the amicus brief that they lied to stop being put on the docket, impersonating yeah. a Senate yeah. staffer. I'm gonna read it so we can share it with you and your viewers. But this is what we have to get to the bottom of. Seb, real quickly, because I know you got to bounce about the impeachment inquiries. uh, Newt Gingrich says focus on uh, Biden. Let's get rolling on an inquiry. Get the ball rolling. Cash was in here today. Say, no, no, let's take Ray and Garland because that's where the target rich environment is. Have you do you think it was smart for them to leave town without initiating this? And where would uh, Seb Gorka put the center of gravity of his investigation, sir? Look, I, I, I would be very um, weary, leery of, of questioning Cash because he's, he's such an expert and former assistant, uh, di- di- direct, director of national intelligence. But I think he'd agree with me that these people, I mean, look, look at Ray, look at Garland. They're nobodies. They're literal meat puppets. The, these people are nothing. They're amoeba. The real, the real driving force is the level behind them. It's the Lisa Monicos. It's the Weissmans. It's the old Obama crew. So, uh, yeah, impeach them all. Mayorkas is the most evil bastard of the lot of them. But it's got to be an impeachment that gets them in the table in front of the investigating committee, but then uses that to leverage what? The investigation and the disclosures about the people who are really running Biden, right? It's Rice. It's Monaco. These are the people who we really have to get neutralized through some kind of process in Congress. So, yeah, it's just Kevin, Kevin, just start because America wants it. America needs it. And let's get to the real drivers who are the second tier ideologues. Do you agree, Steve? Yeah, I love it. Dr. Gorka, where do people get all your sage advice? Where, where are the content <laughs> coordinates, sir? 
All right, we post everything on all the regular social media post, uh, you know, sites. I don't know whether it's Z, X, or whatever. Uh, it's True Social, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Parlagetta, uh, Telegram, and then my website, sebgorka.com. And the Substack for the exclusive analysis, like the one I just mentioned on what happened yesterday in Wilmington, is the Substack. So that's Sebastian Gorka, one word, sebastiangorka.substack.com. We've got to do, we've got to do a longer one of these next time, Steve. Good. We'll do a couple of seconds. By the way, I thank my crack staff for being all over Dr. Gorka's and Denver for being over, all over Dr. Gorka's I, I, Substack I, I'm, I'm and impressed. having that article up there. I'm impressed. And I'm, I'm impressed. You, they're... they're They're a great crew, and they love your content. More importantly, Dr. Gorka, thank you so much. God bless. Thank you, Steve. Seb Gorka, deputy strategist over in the Trump White House, will be a big player in the second term. In a second term, there shall be. We don't care what they're trying to do to try to use lawfare to stop the real president. Okay, short commercial break. Dr. Robert Malone has left the Capitol and is going to be in the House. Next, in the war room. Started, everything's begun, and you are over. Cause we're taking down the CCP. Spread the word all through Hong Kong. We will fight till they're all gone. We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take down the CCP. They have all COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly 250 grand. And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with COVIDtaxrelief.org. Disney sent an email to all employees stating that, quote, getting the vaccine is a personal decision for each of us. That position would prove temporary. A few months later, I received a notice from ESPN that effective August 1st, 2021, a COVID vaccine would be required to attend all remote events. This includes all games and remote studio shows. There would be absolutely no exemptions to this rule. Okay. Uh, Shortly thereafter. This is great. We're going to play this in the, we're going to play more of this in the six o'clock hour because I've got Dr. Robert Malone here. About this hearing today, this is about the facts. You've been at the, the cutting edge of this. Where do we stand in all this right now? Particularly, are you comfortable and happy that this is now starting to get at least somewhat a hearing on Capitol Hill and some traction or not enough yet? The, it, the, that is a pretty squishy statement. Am I happy? Absolutely not. Um, uh, there's, 
there's so much that's gone on. I'm glad to hear this push to try to get some legal movement on Tony Fauci and the gain of function and the lying to Congress. I mean, you, of anybody, should understand if they're going to hold you and Peter to this standard, then they sure as heck ought to hold Tony Fauci to that standard at a minimum. Um, the, the, the crimes that have been done here in terms of lying to Congress are, are clear. Are there crimes beyond the perjury in lying to Congress? Do you think they're underlying crimes that they were trying to hide? Bobby, so, Bobby Kennedy thinks so. I mean, he's running for president. He's yeah. pretty upfront that he thinks Fauci and a whole group of guys. So, so the version of the story that I got um, and I'm getting from people on the inside of the agency is that, in fact, what transpired was that we lost all of our human in PRC. There was a leak. They were all killed. Um, and oh, there this was is about 20 years ago. There, the there was a quid pro quo. It's yeah. sooner than that. There was a quid pro quo. I mean, I've spoken to people that had their yeah. contacts killed recently. Um, there was a quid pro quo, and we transferred technology. We transferred funding. Um, we enabled that research, and the quid pro quo was that we would have some visibility on what was going on inside of Wuhan Institute of Virology and the PRC, you know, CCP, um, uh, biowarfare research program. And so with that comes the burden that all of this has got deep involvement of the United States. I mean, we had these statements from Tony Fauci and his colleagues that uh, um, we needed to protect the CCP. That was that was part of the logic initially in the in the cover up of what went on what down. Um, so we at a time when the federal government policy was that we were not supposed to have gain-of-function research, clearly we had gain-of-function research. Clearly the intelligence community is at the center of all of this. And that That's the big shocking lesson for me. I've been dragged into that realization. I haven't wanted to believe that um, the United States intelligence community was at the center of this whole COVID crisis. But I've come to the conclusion that that is the case, that the U.S. intelligence community working together with the CCP were at the center of this entire affair. Remember that um, I'm Kissinger... I'm going to drop any bombs this afternoon on the show. <laughs> Hang on, slow down. Hit rewind and give me that again. I understand people should know in the, in the, compet- or the, the struggle... Uh, between the CCP and the U.S. a number of years ago, a couple over a decade ago, all 25 of the senior uh, human intelligence officers or agents we had were all systematically eliminated within a period of about six months. Clearly came from a mole inside the intelligence community. And just like Angleton went for 25 years looking for the mole that turned out to be both Hansen and Aldridge back in the 80s, with the Soviets, but he never found them. That all came out later. Some they've been looking for this, and but you're saying that the that the intelligence community made an open agreement since we had no human intent, uh, human intelligence, in order to have eyes and ears in the programs agreed to technology transfers that would be over and above through what we e- normally through, do through Eco Health Alliance and funding in exchange for limited access to uh, situational awareness of ongoing R&D. And that resulted, near as I can reconstruct, it resulted in the creation of a series of mutant clones. Those mutants were isolated, were in the process of being characterized at WIV, 
Remember, Bouncell helped build the WIV. I mean, we were all over that facility. Um, uh, and there, uh, if it, this is speculation, but it's informed speculation. The French, you say Bouncell, the French were actually in charge of actually building the Level 4 facility with under because the CCP and no one in China had anywhere near the capacity to build it. Okay. There may have been other companies, but weren't weren't I thought the French were actually designated. You know more than about this okay. than I do. I think the French okay. were and then they were dialed out. They were supposed to also be have like boards of directors or be able to le- oversee things and they were shown the door right away. So mutants were created. They were in the process of being characterized. It appears that there was some event that resulted in infection of human personnel within the WIV. Those are the initial index cases. They occurred sometime around November 2019. Um, Then we had CCP staff move in, eliminate all those viral isolates and the associated records. And and the cascade of events came on. So no genomic record of, of anything. And and uh, paper records of whatever was being done in terms of R and D in the U.S. government. You're saying the intelligence community knew all of this beginning in November. That's what I'm hearing. I mean, we're not on air right now. Yes, we are. Yes, we're live nationwide. Um, when is this all going to come out? Uh, hopefully, it will eventually come out in the hearings. But a lot of this is going to be treated as confidential information. Why should I mean? We, I've also why, heard yeah. that, for instance, Gottlieb directly intervened in the decision of the government to switch from Moderna to Pfizer. What do you mean? Gottlieb by that? has intel ties. He he is involved in advisory committees within the CIA, and apparently, he went into the CIA, interacted. And there was a switch in national policy within 24 hours in terms of the emphasis on which vaccine to promote. Did Tony Fauci, as being on the task force that was chaired by uh, Vice Pre- then Vice President Pence, is there any record or anything that Tony Fauci informed anybody in the West Wing or the, this, it, it, was this all kept? You would know from- more about that than me. I'm not aware of any such record. Of him notifying anybody. Yeah, no, there was this, instead there was a concerted effort, including the use of burner phones, to try to hide um, exactly what transpired. And furthermore, I'm, my, my situational awareness is that he directly sought to intervene and did intervene with one of, at least one of the key uh, research groups that was assigned within the CIA to determine whether or not this was of laboratory origin. So he intervened to dissuade them from that conclusion. The, the, it might just surmise from what you're saying, and that when we talk about, and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. talks about these different verticals of like the military industrial complex, you have the biopharma, so. And now we have the censorship industrial complex. Censorship, and in your book, Lies My Government Told Me, is. What connects this and informs it all is the intelligence apparatus. Is that's, the, that's my belief. I, I've, why, I've why, reluctantly come to that conclusion. Why reluctantly? And what, 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 because, what information and data drove Because you once upon a time, I believed we were the good guys. Once upon a time, I believed this was a CCP operation. Once upon a time, I thought that it must be some other entity that was the hidden hand behind this. What I've learned after, after you know, this whole journey is um, from friends that would know. Uh, A strong case could be made that the CIA is the most powerful organization in the world right now, and it's functionally rogue. 
what we have is a bunch of operational units within the CIA that are seeking to maximize their capital, um, their resources um, within their assigned mission space. And they're, they are, I mean, a case, I think a case can be made that part of what's been going on here is a failure of leadership and control, that you've had these functional groups that are seeking to enhance their power base and their wealth, their resource base, that have grown uh, beyond their mission. Really, it's mission creep. I want to hit, we're going to, uh, uh, Rob Sig and the team in Denver have agreed, we're going to blow the break because we've only got Dr. Malone for a certain amount of time, so we're going to continue on. I want to hit rewind for a second because I want you just to repeat that, and I'm going to connect it with something that came, that's, that's come out of James Risen, the former New York Times Pulitzer Prize winner who wrote this amazing book on um, on Frank Church and the Church Committee. But to talk about, again, the CIA's most powerful, and they're made up of, of, of a coalition of rogue elements. Yeah, but what I understand is the agency is, is absolutely, at this point in time, the most powerful organization in the world. It is largely autonomous, as we've heard in so many different ways. And the latest was, of course, the testimony regarding the uh, UAPs. Okay, um, we've got these multiple lines of evidence that the CIA is largely comprised of functional groups that have assigned mission space that operate in kind of an entrepreneurial way to capture capital and to operate within their assigned mission space relatively autonomously under guidance of their internal civilian command. And uh, those administrators seek to maximize power, um, scope, and capital resources that they can capture. And with the COVID crisis um, and the run-up and the biodefense industry, etc., they've had a great opportunity to grab at a whole new pile of capital uh, which they've used to, uh, you know, expand their missions. This is classic mission creep. And if you look at every aspect of it, if you look at the censorship industrial complex, intelligence agencies infect in the entire thing. In fact, probably run most of it. The same with the military industrial complex. And now you completely you're saying agree. The, now you're saying with the bio, what we call the biopharma pharmaceutical industrial complex that the intelligence apparatus and, and the that. fact that Scott Gottlieb who is a board of director member of uh, Pfizer in addition to being former head of F, uh, FDA Probably Trump appointee for FDA um, is is been and a CNBC regular right yeah right yeah okay regular. and we also know was directly interacting with Twitter and other social media to yes. advocate for censorship of individuals yes I mean the the guy my hearing is that he is intimately involved in the intelligence community on top of everything else. I want to go back to your theory of the case of the functional groups, and I want to tie it back to James Risen, uh, who's no Trump fan, hates Trump. But he's written a number of books about the intelligence apparatus, about the intelligence apparatus, how, how overwhelming it's getting. And this guy's a progressive, how overwhelming it's getting in American political and uh, uh, governmental life. He wrote a book, The Definitive Kind of Biography of the Church Committee, came out this uh, earlier this summer, called The Last Honest Man. He has a part in there about the formation of the committee. That church was going to take one part of it, and they brought in Gary Hart as a brand-new senator who was very telegenic, had a, a strong interest in this, was quite close to the Kennedy family, uh, and they made him the contact for the CIA to go see Colby and Helms and all these guys and convince them that we really need you guys to come forward. We're going to need you to testify. We're going to need you, and he would work them. And these guys... Uh, turned him over to James Angleton, 
the famous mole hunter, the head of counter the head of uh, counter uh, intelligence for 30 years at the CIA, the single most powerful person that ran the day-to-day operations CIA, Angleton's legendary. Hart goes, I think, to the Army Navy Club for dinner with Angleton, several hour dinner, and he's talking, and finally Hart works up enough courage to say, you know, Mr. Angleton, I don't know how to say this, but did the CIA have anything to do, and up until now, Angleton's been very detailed about how the CIA works and the functional groups, how it works. And he says, did the CIA have anything to do with the assassination of President Kennedy? And Angleton pauses and he t- t- goes to heart and says, you were a theology major, correct? You, you, you went to uh, theology, yes, sir. He said, well, this is the only way I can, have, you should think about it. In my father's house, there are many mansions. <laughs> and Hart just, he said he just ran cold. That Angleton had told, essentially told him what you just said. That even Angleton, who had total control of counterintelligence and was the famous guy, and I think uh, um, De Niro played him in a movie they made later for television, a multi-part series. He was the guy that was obsessed about finding who the mole was that turned over their agents to the KGB, that turned out later was a combination, I think, of Hansen and Aldridge uh, had done it. Um, but that even he, at the pinnacle of power in the CIA, told Hart, I don't have control of the whole thing. So you much, got, you've, there's you, so much compartmentalization. Exactly. You have so many. Well, this is what this is why we'll have more of it tomorrow. By the way, Alex Jones is going to join us tomorrow. Congressman Nancy Mace is going to be here. And I realize for people, forget aliens and spacecraft. It's about what the, the deep state knows. Was it shocking the way that they just completely blew off the oversight of of, of Congress? Of, of, and this is the administrative and deep state. I, I Okay, imagine you're at your doctor's office. Your doctor glances up from the chart and says, and I quote, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it up, end quote. Now, that's the Field of Greens better health promise. Check out this customer testimonial. He said, and I want to quote here, I've been taking Field of Greens, and this is the second time my doctor has danced into the room praising my blood results. Credit where credit's due. Thanks, Field of Greens, end quote. Now, each fruit and vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected for a specific health benefit. Some support vital organs like heart, lungs, and kidneys. Others support metabolism for healthy energy and weight loss. If you're busy, if you don't get enough exercise, if you eat too much fast food, take Field of Greens. Look, Field of Greens can't promise your doctor will dance into your room, but they can promise at your next checkup, your doctor will notice you improve health or you get your money back. Let me repeat that. You get your money back. I trust Field of Greens for my health, and you can too. Let me get you started with 15% off. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code Bannon. That's fieldofgreens.com, promo code Bannon. Take action today. Use your agency, fieldofgreens.com, promo code Bannon, and get the better health promise. I agree. That, that is the story. The story is not aliens. The story is the interface and the complete um, arrogance of the administrative state over decades 
It is, it, this is the clearest documentation in the behaviors that you see, the actions, the integration with press, um, the integration of the derision, uh, um, defamation, uh, gaslighting, etc. It's the same portfolio. It's the same checklist that we've, we've, we're seeing deployed against Bobby Kennedy right now and that we've seen deployed during the COVID crisis. It's like they have a standard playbook. And and against Trump, because they understand... Against tr- Trump, tr- tr- absolutely. And, and look, you, you, on steroids. On steroids, because they understand Trump says the administrative state, the deep states are, are existential threat. I'm going to take you... He and a combination of him and Kennedy would be insane. But what are we? what can we do? If that's your theory of the case, then what must be done now? Because we just can't wait to an election. This has to be confronted immediately. And you've got the COVID situation, the vaccine situation. You've got the situation with the uh, with the UFOs. UAPs, you've right. got you've got you've got the, so you got across the board. You have ten different verticals. How do you stop this now in its tracks? I don't know the answer to that. Um, the only way, it, you know, we've also got Mitch McConnell um, with all of his power and his uh, compromised uh, capabilities, and he sits on top of that whole stack. I, in, in the current I'm not situation, sure get, I'm not sure we're going to get a ton of help there. No, but that's exactly my point. We're going to get anything but help. We're going to get obstructionism. The House Intelligence Committee, okay, so, so people over there have told me the reason that the committee was, is, it, it, remember, Gates and these guys said we've got to go into a skiff. The House Intelligence Committee under Mike Turner is completely bought and paid for. They will not go after Sequoia Capital, but they they will not go after any of the things on the UFOs. That's exactly, they don't want to touch the, it. exactly the way I hear it, too, is the House Intelligence Committee is compromised. They, they're useless. Um, I'm really disappointed at the uh, Senate Committee for Oversight on um, Homeland Security, which should have portfolio relating to the, the, the weaponization of Homeland Security um, for this whole censorship industrial complex, the whole, whole mis-dis-mal-information complex that's been deployed with Mayorkas, that should be directly smack dab in the middle of Senate uh, um, of that Senate committee with Ron Johnson, and they won't touch it. They won't touch the censorship. We, I they don't. Won't t- they won't touch the censorship because of the inextricably linked nature of the intelligence committee. People should understand, people live in fear of the intelligence committee in this capital. The imperial capital, they, they are the Praetorian guard that guards the administrative state. I, I argue that they have fused with the administrative state. In terms of what's happened here over the last three years, what we've seen, in my opinion, is the fusion of the administrative state and the intelligence community and what's been assimilated, the vector that comes out of that, is the ethics for the entire edifice have become the ethics of of the intelligence community, which are essentially no ethics. They're entirely situational. That's that's where we get this vector that comes out that's totally utilitarian. Anything that anything goes that advances the um, uh, interests of that imperial state and the administrative state that supports it. In the two or couple minutes we got, I got to go back to your depopulation. You went back to Kissinger's original national security memos when Erhardt and Stanford and the population bomb. My brother was able to tell me, "Hey, the, the Columbia put out a book 20 years ago. The limit, the capacity limitations of Earth. The number was wait for it, eight billion people. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. That, so do you think that there is an organized effort on depopulation now? And if so, can you point to any fact pattern people can look at?" 
So the State Department has issued a has put on their website an explicit statement that depopulation or population restriction is not the policy of the United States. And yet we have these various documents that are apparently still in place in which it's explicitly laid out that that is the policy of the United States. How do you square that circle? Um, the 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 this you you know you will know them by their actions. The actions that we've seen are entirely consistent with that Kissinger report and the subsequent report, both of which were placed as as national security policy by Gerald Ford. And there has, best of my knowledge, there have not been any replacement documents. Apparently, those will the policy is that those will stand in place until they're replaced. Now, the one caveat that I, I'm ignorant about, that I'm worried about is whether or not Ronald Reagan changed any of those policies. Because you may recall, you would recall, that Reagan took some specific actions relating to abortion, in mm-hmm. particular having to do with our stance in terms Internet. of worldwide population control. Mexican policy or whatever. Yep, won't do it exactly for. right. So I don't know if Reagan intervened yeah. in any of this, but I, I and my colleagues cannot find any documents that are, now that could be there classified. Are you that have superseded those national security? Do you agree with me positions? that across the board on the assassinations on all this it has to be declassified immediately, and that ought to be a cause we'd be fighting right now for the next hundred days to declassify all this and release it to the American people? Uh, that would certainly be a huge step forward. Um, we have so much stuff that's been hidden. The overclassification has been stated in and start, multiple And starting in the Wuhan lab, the COVID, everything dealing Absolutely. with that, all should be declassified immediately. Yeah, that's that's my opinion. Uh, we're we're beyond the point where there, you know, there. I'm sure there are national security issues here, um, and national uh, security issues from the American people. I mean, they're working with the CCP. That how could it be? They're already hand in glove with those guys. The, the, they don't want the information for the American people because then the American people can force change. That's what the, the classification is to keep is it to hide us. the information 100%. so they don't get the backlash. 100%. It's not. It's not from. Yeah, the, and it's not, I, it's not because I think the what we've got is an, yet another classic case of unintended consequences of blowback um, with a uh, a group of individuals that have felt entitled that have essentially no controls on their access to capital and their ability to operationalize what the toys that they want to play with. That's and after really blowing what it comes down the to. 9-11, after blowing uh, the uh, informational weapons of mass destruction, after blowing all the intelligence Afghanistan war on the Ukraine war, on all of it with a track record that is perfect for failure. You this say is, that this the, is another one. You say they're still the most powerful operation in the imperial capital. That's the, not just in the imperial capital. What I hear is worldwide. I mean, my European colleagues that are active politically are scared of the CIA. The the, the European Parliament is is cowed by the CIA. The CIA has enormous power globally. And uh, a, a strong case could be made in my opinion that they're rogue. They are they have exceeded in in when you hear these statements that uh, they don't believe that they have to um, loop in temporary employees. The euphemism is temporary employees is a euphemism for elected officials. Temporary employees. Okay. Exactly. They are above right. the temporary employees. Well, you saw yesterday, and this is one of the things for the audience, yesterday in the hearings there was a question, is Congress class, has enough security clearances, including the Gang of Eight, which is supposed to have everything you have so that the, the intelligence community can't get around that. They've been doing it for years. This is a fight that is going to explode. How do people get all your information, substack all of it? Well, thanks. Once again, uh, Getter, Gab, Truth Social, and Twitter 
or X, is at R.W. Malone, M.D., yeah, X. Uh, oh, you're on Substack too, right? Uh, and then Substack is rwmalonemd.substack.com. And uh, our our institute, nonprofit, is Malone Institute. So that's maloneinstitute.org. And on that, we have the larger documents like our huge spreadsheet that's the comprehensive list of all World Economic Forum young leader trainees. It took us months to pr- produce it. And it's all searchable. You can find out all kinds of information about that. And many of the documents that are associated with this depopulation agenda are recently uploaded there. Perfect. Um, and uh, Charlie Kirk is apparently going to feature that uh, Malone Institute in an upcoming broadcast. Oh, so perfect. I thank him. That's perfect. Okay, we're leaving with uh, a C shanty. We'll talk more about that in the 6 o'clock. Stick around. Dr. Robin Malone, thank you for coming to see us. You look like a courtly southern senator. I thought we had time worker back in the 50s, right? Expect, it was, it was I expect hot. I expected to have a, he- a hearing over in communism. It was hot on the hill today. <laughs> Fluoride and water. We're going to hold the hearing. Senator Malone from Virginia, the Commonwealth. Be, okay, short commercial break. What a song. What voices. What lyrics. Back in a moment. Don't blow, and it's time for us to leave her. The winds blew foul, and the seas run high. Leave her, Johnny, leave her. For War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in extreme short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical, that's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. 
You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOMHEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.